2: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Moson.
3: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
1: is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
4: I forgot to tell you guys this. What's up? This what? is important stuff, especially today. Okay. What? It's a football Friday.
5: Friday night
4: Friday come come on on, Brady yeah (laughs) here's the thing
0: is so so this is what Jonas does Jonas takes something and then we kind of evolved to something else but he wants to Hmm. to take it back to like the very first iteration of it We did have a second
5: iteration I have no way better one too
4: I have no control over that being played yeah All right, you got to talk to Lee. Mark is with us today. There's been a lot of transitioning going on here. You know,
5: Jonas, let me interrupt you there because Q is right. You run the show. It's your show. So if you're going to transition us into a new song in a way of doing it, you can't go back to the old one. No excuses. First of all, don't you just can't be any excuses.
4: First of all, don't you think I would be an expert in transitioning? All right, so I know clearly Oh, what wow. I'm doing when it comes to this stuff, and I oh, had nothing wow. to do wow. with
5: one song. What exactly on. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what, what exactly did mean I had, I had you nothing to there? do
4: with the fact that there was a, another uh, Football Friday song that was thrown in that is not being played anymore. I have nothing to do with that. It's not my uh, not my call here. Just I simply, don't know, man. I'm a passenger, not a driver.
5: All them pre-show meetings you have with Leon, I just don't know. You you should be on the same page. <laughs> a little soft I'm boy. just saying. A <laughs> little soft hands, boy.
4: Uh, all right. So let's get into just what is – man, you can't even get a week into the NFL season or training camp for the NFL season, and already we got some bad news. Joe Burrow, strained calf, goes down – Gets helped to a card at practice yesterday. They're calling it the strain. Uh, maybe nothing serious to be looking at, but he did Man, have... it sure
5: looked
0: serious. Uh, My goodness. A- and-,
4: and he had the sleeve already on there. So is right. this something that he was dealing with previously that Oof. that flared up again And then Jalen Ramsey, maybe the more serious that we know of right now. So he suffered a torn meniscus. It's going to require surgery. He's going to be out. I'm seeing six to eight weeks, but he's going to miss the start of training camp or start of the season. So right off the bat, you've got two superstar players in the AFC who both go down with injuries. And it just feels like same old story. Right when you think you know what's going to happen in the NFL, stuff like this gets thrown in your lap, and it completely p- potentially changes the course of both these teams as they head into the season. So, disappointing.
0: Uh, you know, I, and, and, I, and I know – I think the NFL and NFL, NFLPA maybe wants to look at – I mean, coaches have talked about this. Uh, not that they really get a say in, in basically anything, which is one of the most surprising things when you look at the difference between the NFL and college football – Coaches have so much more of a say in how things kind of operate, whether it, it could be recruiting windows, whether it could be, uh, tr- you know, transfer portal windows or just the calendar year in general. It seems like college football takes into account coaches more so than the NFL. and And the reason why I bring this up is coaches have always had an issue with the NFL calendar and how it's slated. It doesn't really make sense if you think about it, okay? So you go into an off-season program. Like season ends, you go into an off-season program. Used to be back in March. Now it's April, okay? And you kind of start with some light stuff. You can't even do really anything on the field football-wise. It's all like conditionings, you know, strength stuff. And then you get into having these practices that aren't even padded, all right? You got OTAs, off-season trading activities. And these are not even padded practices. You can't hit, can't bang, can't do the things that you actually need to practice and do. But during a period of time during the year, it really doesn't matter, right? You're in May, you're into June. Then you got this three-day mini camp, okay? Then you have six weeks off in some cases. Six weeks. And then you all of a sudden ramp and hit right into training camp where you've got some preseason games. In some cases, teams go to camp. They're playing a game a meaningful like, preseason game to some of these back-end-of-the-roster guys in two and a half weeks. It, it's, it's kind of bizarre if you actually think about it. Like You'd rather have your players build up to something instead of have, their, have them come in, start to build up to something, and then be off for six weeks, and then go right back into this intense environment that is training camp. And so I know a lot of coaches would like to see them maybe get more time off during the spring and then have these guys come back where you don't have that six-week layoff and and you're you're getting guys in camp and you're not easing them into it because they've already been eased into it six weeks prior. So I, I think it's something the NFL should really look at because the first two weeks of camp, every player, every coach will tell you there's always soft tissue injuries. There's always issues that pop up these are the sorts of things that can literally derail an entire season, especially when you're talking about a player like Joe Burrow.
4: Adam Schefter sent a tweet out yesterday. Sorry to jump in, LeVar, but he sent a tweet out that he texted with an NFL head coach, and the coach said the exact same thing. I hate the first two weeks of training camp. They need to restructure the offseason. So it is something that you don't hear a lot about, but apparently there's you know a groundswell of people looking at it going, why are we doing this the way we're doing it? And so now you got two yeah. guys injured.
5: Logistically, I I leave that up to to the expert of, of one Brady Quinn, but I I'll say this first first glance at the way Joe Burrow kept, pulled up, I, I I immediately thought about how I pulled up when I I popped my Achilles tendon. Yeah, it was it didn't look good, man. Because it's immediately you just don't want to put any pressure down on on your on your foot, but. If it's a if it's a, a strain, then that's it's obviously a, that's a tear, too, by the way. But if people didn't know that strains yeah, micro are tears, right? slight, slight minor tears or whatever. But um, I do hope that it's it's um, it's it's minor in nature. But when you think about compensating and and dealing with different different body part issues, especially weight bearing um, body parts, it's it's very it's very difficult to get to a place of where you don't possibly get a more serious injury further down the road, especially if you are pushing um, to get back out there and and get back on the field. So now I think you know, for my focus on, on just looking at these injuries, even for Jalen Ramsey, because I also had to deal with meniscus issues as well. That was actually the, the death of my career was I kept splitting my, my cartilage, um, at some point during, during practice or during a game, like I would make movements and I would split split cartilage. And so I would have to go get scopes, um, you with both injuries, whether it's soft tissue for his his calf or getting getting through the recovery of the meniscus tear and that repair. And them cleaning it up, which is them basically going in and shaving away um, what would look like fingernails hanging from from your knee, um, the sponge of your knee. Basically, they, they got to shave that down and, and smooth that out um, there's there's a recovery. There's a recovery time where you really, really have to allow for that need to calm down and and to feel better. And then there's also the the strengthening and conditioning of that knee. Um, so so Jalen Ramsey going to have to make sure that he's very, very, you know, diligent and, and how he, he goes through his recovery process, even though these types of, of injuries are actually more more minor, considered to be more minor, um, you know, nowadays, but he's still going to have to make sure that his body is is really feeling back to normal because he's getting older. And, and I think that the injuries, the, the opportunity for for more serious injuries, you're, you're more likely to be in those type of scenarios, the older you get in and getting those smaller injuries that kind of create that overcompensating. I, I, I had so much cartilage removed that my knee was was not on balance the way that it was before I started getting it, you know, shaved up. And then, you know, you have little holes. They 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 take X-rays and MRIs and you start to see where there's holes in your cartilage and stuff. It's, it's real. It's real intense. Um and again, then flipping back to Joe Burrow, you just don't want to take a. If it is indeed just a calf strain, you gotta make sure that you're you're doing everything that you possibly can to to keep keep them stretched out to keep keep that that calf as really as as healthy and as what they say as supple as you possibly can mm. because it, it it can go. You know that that Achilles tendon can go, and if it pops, you know that's that's it for the year. So that was the first the first thing I thought about when I started hearing the types of injuries that were taking place was my concern was I you know it, it's interesting because I thought about UQ because I was like I wonder if it's the cleats or I'm what it, you, could bro. it be the turf?
0: No one you wants. Know, to, well, I mean it, that, they were on grass, I think, for Burroughs practice, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I I mean, the Jalen Ramsey injury, I look at it and go, it's all fun and games trying to cover Tyreek Hill or Uh, whatever.
4: I was just going to say that. that happens. We've seen video of the Burrow injury. I've looked for the Jalen Ramsey injury. I don't see it anywhere. But the way it's detailed is that he became tangled up with Tyreek Hill. And I just wonder if Tyreek Hill put him on skates and, and maybe that's what led to this. And maybe oh, you're saying
0: somewhere. that he put him on skates so they don't want to show it on Yeah, Rick.
4: you know, maybe. I mean— and, well, and, like
5: like grabbed and, him up.
4: And maybe uh, Jalen Ramsey's agent might have a couple of comments on it at, at some point, you know, since he well, has a
5: lot of comments
4: on a lot of things, apparently. He does. Yeah, well,
0: he'll wow. at least post a photo, probably.
4: <laughs> Do you think he'll post a photo with him post-surgery? Oh, after surgery? For right. Well,
0: I, I don't know, though, because after surgery, it's not like a tough, hard photo. <laughs> so he probably won't be, right. like, there for him then— <laughs> He'll just be there for him when there's like a Twitter beef. Is, right?
4: is he is he going to be holding up Jalen Ramsey's meniscus? Going, did it today, and just yeah. uh, hashtag something and post it on Instagram. Athletes first, hard,
0: athlete first, meniscus
5: healed. <laughs> yeah, looking first, hard.
4: Yeah. yeah,
5: meniscus healed. <laughs> He's stupid. He's um,
0: stupid he'll, he'll be acting like he did it. Like, like, yeah, that, that, right. like we're here Like yeah. he the surgery. Like I was the surgery. Yeah. He's, he's going to have go That's now, the thing he'll be – Now
5: that he'll be, he'll would st- make sense.
0: He'll be standing hard with the orthopedic. <laughs> like
5: like,
1: in a, and a mask with and gown. on. That. Yeah.
5: Yeah, the yeah. scrubs. <laughs> we, we did it.
1: We here. We did it. <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern.
4: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com/slash two pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros.
3: The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the US and Europe.
4: There's been some allegations, uh, this according to Front Office Sports. Uh, This popped up earlier this week. Allegations from former Minnesota football players on P.J. Fleck, the head coach and the culture there at Minnesota. You know, a lot of stuff about, you know, just the the mental anguish they feel and just sort of all the other stuff that goes on there and P.J. Fleck and this culture in Minnesota and all the other stuff that comes along with it per usual. And so P.J. Fleck spoke yesterday and defended himself and defended the program. Let's take a listen to the Gophers coach. These allegations are baseless. We have full support of our athletic director, Mark Coyle, uh, and our university leadership. This is a a similar story that gets peddled every single year, and the majority of the players have been dismissed or removed from our football team. Our program and culture has proven to work on and off the field, and is always uh, done in a first class manner. We're one of the most transparent programs in the country. There are tons of testimonials from past, present, and even future Gophers to support and prove that. My energy needs to be on the 2023 football team, and that only, and not the baseless allegations. So there was P.J. Fleck, the head coach of Minnesota, responding to these allegations.
0: So a, a couple things here. For starters, love the fact that this uh, this allegation came out, this, this article was written by Front Office Sports. And, and for those of you that haven't read it, I would advise you to please read it, because you're going to understand why I'm going to say what I'm going to say next, okay? Um, There is nothing in this article. This article is truly baseless. It, It cites anonymous sources with, I mean, and I'm not always saying that you need to put a source in that has to be cited, but... The entire article is based on quotes from anonymous sources. And if you look at it, for anyone who's been in an athletic environment of any sort, you're literally laughing. That, that's how big of a joke this is. This actually makes front office sports, which I have no idea what that is or who that is, look like a joke. The fact that they would write this. And it, it, it really speaks to where journalism is nowadays. And it's lost. It's lost. Because this is an example of a, a website. Um, again, I don't even know who front office sports is. But just trying to write off the coattails of, of what was a difficult conversations in regards to the, the hazing allegations and culture at Northwestern. And there's, a, I guess, a website that wants to look for another, you know, sca- another scandal, another whatever you want to call it. And and this was by far and away one of the worst pieces of, of an article that I've ever seen written to try to villainize a coach like P.J. Fleck, who it doesn't matter if you're a fan of his methods or not. He is as upfront about what he believes and how he runs his program as anyone you will find. And look, it's not for everyone. His whole row-the-boat mantra, there's a story behind it. When you hear that story, you understand exactly why he feels the way he does and why he lives life and coaches the way he does. And and so I have an issue with where we are in society right now where we've given a microphone or a soapbox to a bunch of people who sign up for something, like in this case, and and this actually dates back to 2017 – when when PJ Fleck got there, there's some people who got pushed out of the program because they couldn't handle it. They didn't want to work hard. They did not want to sign up for what he was asking them to do. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with people who, who quit or move on. It, it might not be the right environment for you. That's OK. You know, when you go through different levels from high school to college, college, the NFL of, of sports and athleticism, there's different levels of intensity. And there's going to be different things that are asked of you. And if if you really want to push past the brink to make yourself better and to get to a point where you don't even believe you can go, where your coaches have to push you past that mentally and physically, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're probably not going to like it. You might want to quit at times. That's part of it. And and the fact that now we give a bunch of people who couldn't cut it, they didn't like it, it felt uncomfortable – And we give them a microphone to let them say whatever they want and bash guys who 90 to 95 to 99% of the players support that coach, believe in what they're trying to do. The fact that we're giving them a microphone to me tells you everything you need to know about today's journalism. Is we're just looking for any little negative article, any little thing. If you go to any company or corporation around America, you could find somebody who doesn't like their company. You could find someone who would call their, their culture toxic, or, or the fact that they have slogans or mantra, a cult, or the fact that, like, for example, one of the allegations that was made was they punished them with conditioning. Oh, really? Are you kidding? Like, hey, how about this? Let's have a competition. Loser has to do suicides if you don't make enough free throws. We've never heard that before. We, we, we've, we've never heard a coach have to say, hey, loser's got to condition a little extra. It's always been a part of stuff. It, it, it's it's part of teaching people the reward of winning, te- teaching people the reward of competition. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me to see how we've allowed journalism to get to a point where as, as a society, we have to start throwing this stuff aside and start, and stop legitimizing whether it's front office sports or any other website or, or company that does this because it's BS and it's, it's sending us in a really, really, it's sending us down a really slippery slope.
5: Here goes the saying: Hard times create hard men. Hard men create easy times. Easy times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. It. it I'm. I'm told. I've been on this narrative for a while now. With what you're saying, Q. I've, I've been. Listen, everybody struggles and suffers with mental anguish you don't have to be a an athlete you don't have to be a football player and when you think about like just historically speaking the one sport that you can always count on there being a a coach that is of that type of ilk that type of way is always going to be football my first my first indoctrination into football culture was at 8 years old and the mentality of the coaches was that it was very intense and it was no nonsense it was no BSing it, it was just it was it was all about getting getting these kids ready to play ball at a youth level And, and you all, you ultimately understand that coaches are going to be like, a it's, it's always been an age old thing. It's like the closest thing to the military. So you're dealing with, you're dealing with a military type of environment with what you're doing. So you're going to do things that are uncomfortable. You're going to do things that are going to to challenge your your mental, you know, and emotional stability. You're going to do all of those things or you're going to go through those things when you're in competition. But the bottom line is you're going to go through those things in life. You ever find yourself wondering how you're going to pay your next bill? You ever find yourself wondering if you're healthy enough to get up and go do the job that you have to go do? Imagine being somebody who's working on a, a building, a skyscraper. Imagine somebody who's working on the highway. Imagine being a, a, a law enforcement person or a person that is, is taking care of us as a, a first responder, a fireman, a fire person. You know, the the whole idea of it is, is that you got to show up. And you start to learn that in life, to be successful in life, you got to show up. And and so to me, when, when I think about, you know, when guys come out and unless I know for certain and you can show without a reasonable doubt, without a doubt at all, really, that it's almost like to me, it would need to be you, you might go down the road of saying it's abuse. Like I have been around people who are abusive with the power that they hold and the power that they have as, as coaches, as, as people of authority. But even with that, there's a way to go about doing it. There's, there's a process in how, in which you go about doing it. And to me, more often than not, you see guys that don't have things work out the way that they would want it to work out. Especially these days, things don't work out the way that you would want to work out, and it has to be something else's fault. It has to be someone else's fault. There has to be a reason outside of yourself that there's there's, a problem. There's no accountability. No accountability.
0: accountability. No real accountability. When we look at society and how we handle a lot of things, we completely remove accountability of the individual. And and that's my yeah. my biggest issue. Like any any debate conversation you want to have about anything right now, for me it always starts with okay, what's my own accountability? You know, like I'm not going to yeah. point the finger at someone else or anything else. If, if I if I can't be accountable for my actions, for my thoughts, for what I've said, and it starts there, and then and then that's the problem is there's so many people out there that aren't being taught that, especially young young people. They're not being they're not being taught that. You know, for example. It, it, Again, it's going to be tough if you want to get where you want to go. Like people act like college football is easy, just because you were a three-star, it's four-star, five, easy. whatever you were.
5: It's not easy. It's not, and and, and it's that's just, part of, and that's a part of the respect of it. Right. I was I was just at our event yesterday, right? I was at our fundraising event yesterday, and when when a former player or current players greet one another, it's different than when a, a regular civilian greets. Greets one uh, uh, an athlete uh, greets a player. There is something to be said about one a me as a former player knowing what you're going through as a current player. B what you as a current player know what I went through as a former player, or both. Right, as a current player and a current player, we know what we're going through. As two two former players, we know what we've went through. There's something to be said. There's a a respect, a pride. My captain spoke before me. Brandon Short spoke to, to the group before I got up, spoke to the group. And the things that he said about me, they almost bring me to tears when I hear them. If we don't go through suffering, yes, people suffering. If we don't go through persevering, perseverance, yes, persevering. If you don't go through emotional and mental fatigue, you never build the bonds that are strong enough to last a lifetime. And for the people that never push themselves to that or engage in those type of activities to experience that, I, I feel for you because I could never imagine not being the person that I've become through the development and the hard times that I've had to go through in my life. And, and those are badges of honor. And and a lot of people just aren't up for that these days. Aren't you grateful yeah, just, for it? It is what it is. Aren't you
4: guys grateful Absolutely. for it though? Absolutely. Because I, I look back Absolutely at that I and am. I go, my parent, my parents were really strict and I had a whole coaches that I thought, man, those guys were jerks at the time playing football and I sucked. So there was a lot to complain about, but I can't think of one time, in which they really got on me, either coaches or, or or my parents or somebody that loved me. I can't think of one time that they were wrong about it. I go back and I go, yeah, they had a, they had a point. Like that was true. I, I needed to get better. And but
5: Jonas, even if they were wrong, even if you don't like, I have coaches that I don't like. I've talked about it on the show. But yeah, you, yes. but you, I can't stand Dale <laughs> Lindsay. Can't stand him. What up, Dale? But you know what? Hey, but you know what? It served a purpose it served a purpose and and Dale Lindsay isn't going to dictate my outcomes because it comes back to what Q said it's the self accountability like, I am going to hold myself to that standard, like, that level to still show up and do what I need to do. Whatever happened to
4: you need to get better and I'm not going to be nice about it sometimes. I need to to be stern and I need to let you know that this is how you get better. Like what whatever happened to just hard coaching, hard parenting and I I feel like the abuse term has been stretched way too thin. Oh like my goodness, like we're dude. we're now spreading it out over every single interaction. When all it is is trying to teach and learn, and that's a big difference between that and flat-out abuse. And there's been abuse, and we've seen examples of it, and all of that is legit, and all of that should be taken seriously. But hard coaching doesn't always mean that it's abuse.
0: That's- well, I, that's that's part of the issue. Is that there's there's two ways uh, rules of thought. When when you're a parent, when you're a coach, when you're someone who's in charge, and, and that's really what this is. Like, so people understand. A lot of coaches feel like they they take over as a father figure in a way. Um, when we're talking about football, because they are, they're with these young men for four nowadays, five, maybe six years. I mean, there's literally kids playing six years of college football more than ever before. But they're they're with them for a long period of time, through a pretty formidable time of their their life, where they're going to develop from a teenager and a young man, and go into the you know the, the, the working world, either as a professional athlete or not, and and a lot of the, you know, foundation of, of what they believe and how they conduct themselves and what they're able to achieve, is formed during this period of time. And, I, I think a lot of coaches you know, they take that and they understand that this, this is regardless of what people think because of what coaches get paid. All these guys realize the responsibility they have and they all understand that I have to prepare them for life. And so I can be hard on them now and hopefully life will be easier. Much like we always talk about how you want practice to be harder than the actual game, right? That's kind of what it's like in sports. Like sports are, are (laughs) they're, they're a tool, they're a resource to help you to, to deal with life because life is harsh, man. And and there's a lot of people who, you know, they, they want sports to be easy and soft and they, they want it to be comfortable. That's not it. I mean, LeVar touched on it. Like there's suffering in life. Like there's going to be hard times and you've got to figure out a way to work through adversity instead of just allowing it to eat you up and, and make you continue to go down a downward spiral or, or a terrible path. And so a lot of these, you know, coaches and people who are influences, they're using the, the game, whatever that may be, football or whatever else, to help prepare you for that, to prepare you for being a, a dad one day or a husband or, or what happens when you get fired from your job. You know, they're preparing you for all these things, how you need to respond to adversity. And it's not going to be comfortable. It, it, they're going to push you past your limits. Or there, there's going to be someone there who's going to help push you past your limits or challenge you, and that's a good thing. But we're not allowing our society, we're not allowing people to, to feel uncomfortable or feel like they're being pushed. To your point, Jonas, it, it's now being categorized, well, that's abuse. No, it's not. It's ridiculous. I mean, Jonas, you work out all the time, right? Yes. And there's times where you, like, you know if you want to get stronger, if you want to look a certain way, you have to push yourself past what you want to do. There's people who probably already worked out today or are going to work out. I'm, I haven't worked out yet, going to work out. There will be times when I want to quit. There'll be times when I'm like, I don't really want to do this, but you have to push yourself past that mentally or have someone there who's, who's willing to do that and help you push you past that. Right.
4: Yeah. And, and never one time have I been done working out and been like, ah, oh, God, I wish I didn't do that. Like, you're, you're proud of yourself. Like, hey, I, I accomplished something today. It's the smallest thing. But then they always talk about it. Like start your day with a victory. Don't hit the snooze button. Like let that be the first one, yeah. and and it goes into and it just sort of snowballs into the rest of your day. And but you can't do that anymore because you got to let people sleep in. And if you don't let them sleep in, then it's considered abuse apparently. And you know mm-hmm. you can't say row the boat and some of the other acronyms that P.J. Fleck uses. Cause,
0: you <laughs> you know, know what? You know what? One of the best me. parts was it's, uh <laughs> so Coach Fleck and I were talking with another another couple coaches, and he's like, and and, and they kind of it, it transitioned into like a. Well, hey, all right. Just uh, he said to one of the coaches, just don't use this against me in recruiting. He's like, I already heard from one of the coaches. He's like, oh, there's another thing I could use against you in recruiting. Like, that, that's that, that's kind of the funny thing now too. Is like, it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, I mean, these guys, as much as you joke about it, it, it it's now something that another coach will try to use against them in recruiting. <laughs> just just because front office sports, you know, go ahead, goes ahead and runs with an article.
4: Like that. No, I wouldn't go. They row the boat. We don't even believe in boats in this program. I would. Yeah, yeah there. the
1: world's flat. We don't need pros. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine.
5: All happening in only one place, this league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me,
4: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com/slash two pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros.
3: The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the US and Europe.
4: A Donnie Brook potentially on our hands. Some fisticuffs, a good old throwdown in the AFC. Because out of nowhere, Sean Payton, who's the brand new head coach of the Denver Broncos, he was speaking with Jarrett Bell of USA Today and just decided to give his thoughts on what happened last year in Denver and potentially what could happen this year in New York with the New York Jets. So here are some of the quotes, some of the highlights from the interview. Quote it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed Sean Payton said and that happened here part of it was their fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason the PR the pomp and circumstance marching people around and all of that stuff we're not doing any of that the Jets did that this year you watch hard knocks all of it I can see it coming remember when former Washington owner Dan Snyder put the dream team together I was at the Giants in 2000 I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion's there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So listen, just put the work in. Then when it came to specifically what happened to Russell Wilson and the team last year, Sean Payton went on to say, oh man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know Nathaniel Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit the wall, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 20. Ninth in the league and pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, and then he went on to talk about Wilson. That wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it in letting all his you know people in the building and all the other stuff that went along with it. That's not an incrimination in him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. Now, a quarterback having an offense office and a place to watch film is normal, but all those things get magnified when you're losing and all that stuff I've never heard of it we're not doing any of that everything I've heard about last season we're doing the opposite they can only beat the bleep out of you so much but everybody's got a little stink on their hands it's not just Russell Wilson it was the poor offensive line it may have been one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history that's how bad it was Sean Payton from the top rope out of nowhere
0: I mean my third. <laughs> yes um, let, let's just start off with the obvious. There, There's truth to, to what he's saying, okay? I mean, I, I, for all of us who watched, it, it was an offense that you're going, there's no rhythm, no flow. It didn't seem like they could function. They had a hard time getting plays in. There was the whole wristband. Remember that whole uh, debacle? Oh, yeah. And everyone made a big deal about it. I mean, that was part of it. It highlights so many things. Football is not as easy and as simple as sometimes we make it out to be. You know, there's a lot of intricacies to learning a new offense, you know, trying to be a first-time head coach, putting it all together while also calling plays. There's there's so many difficulties to it. But it was a disaster in Denver last year. It, it really was. Compared to what they had before where you feel like they're on the brink, they're a quarterback away. And then you get that quarterback, but now you have a first-time head coach, and it seemed like it was all it just a disaster. I mean, even the, the game management with timeouts and so forth and different situational awareness. And, and remember, they hired – was it Jerry Rosberg that they brought in yeah. during the season? Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe that was something you wouldn't have before the season's figured out You know, when you're a head coach. So – there's a lot of truth to what Sean Payton's saying. Now, he's doing it in a way, though, that doesn't completely tarnish the relationship he has with with Russell Wilson. But what it does is it puts Russell Wilson in a spot where, no, 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 you're the player. You having this entire staff that's in our facility that's blurring the lines between who the Broncos trainers are, who the Broncos strength coaches are, who the Broncos quarterback coach and coaches are, that's not going to happen. This is, this is the Broncos. You're the quarterback of our team. And, you know, you, as far as the office to watch film and all that, it's called the quarterback room. I don't care if, if you're a Hall of Famer or not. Like, that's, that's where every quarterback goes, and they consider that their office, their space, when you, especially when you're the starter. You don't need a separate wing or, or, or portion of the facility, especially upstairs with the coaches and front office execs and all that. So it's it's Sean Payton basically saying like, look, I've won a Super Bowl. I'm a good coach, I know what I'm doing. None of this stuff that they that they were doing last year was focused on winning, and we're cutting out all the crap and we're getting back to trying to win football games, which is what allows you to be successful, be a Hall of Fame player, and everything else that comes along
5: with that. You know for me i I watched the movie um, that was based off of Sean Payton getting suspended. Um, after Bounty Gate took place, and what's, you know, was
0: the actor that played Sean Payton? Was
4: that
5: uh I forget his
4: Mall name. cop guy. What's his name?
5: Yeah, Paul Blart. Yeah, that's, what's yeah. that guy? Paul name? Blart. There we go. Paul Blart. Um, and and yeah. Kevin you know, James. Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. There we go. I. I took away something from that movie. They they based it off of what Did you take away? loosely based it off of the true story of Sean Payton coming back and coaching and it was a broken team that his son was playing on. It was a team that was celebrating if they scored a touchdown. It was a team that was more, you know, more more focused in on other things. And but they were a team that wanted to win. And I looked at the Denver Broncos and I'm like, you know, that's what the Denver Broncos were last year. They were a team that wanted to win, but they were a team that got to a point of where, well, if there was the proper play call that, that came in, that was a win. If Russell Wilson just went and talked to the offensive coordinator or studied some film on his uh, surface instead of telling people on the sideline to holler out run or pass, um, you know, things, things might have been a little better. And, and I took away from that movie that when Sean Payton started helping coach the team, it was his ability to just like kind of decipher what was taking place with the other team, what was taking place with the opportunity and his connection to the players and their belief in what it was that was taking place. And then boom, all of a sudden, not the next season, but the season that they were in those, those little boys started playing some, some really, really good football. I think, I think Sean Payton, I don't know him very much, but my interactions with him and my observations of him and how he handles his players, how he handles his business as a coach and how he has communicated, I think is is ultimately why he's had so much success as a coach. And so to me, he is raising a standard but he's also letting them know that he believes that this is a team that, that can accomplish at a high level and that they need to believe in that and not, not for one second think that, the outside world blaming them for what it is like okay be accountable as offensive linemen you weren't good be better this year it wasn't all on Russ but he was a little dirty you know it wasn't all on on the well he did kind of put it all on the coaching staff but I I just I just think that he, he did kind of put it all on the coaching staff but but to me I just think that looking at now where they're at It's going to be the team. It's going to be the people that believe the most in what he subscribes to and what he's bringing. That's going to make the difference in terms of if they have success this year or not.
4: Now, Robert Sala was told about the comments from Sean Payton, and uh, Robert Sala had this to say at Jets training camp about those comments.
7: Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Is he? You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But, uh, but as far as you know what we have going on here, I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four, and I'm good with it. You know, the guys in our locker room, they, they've earned everything that's coming to them, and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job, and and we're focused on us. I get it. There's a lot of external noise. There's a lot of people who are hating on us there's a lot of people looking for us to fail there's a lot of crows pecking at our neck but all you can do is spread your wings keep flying high until those crows fall off and suffocate from the inability to breathe it's a whole other analogy i'll get into later but uh really really excited about the group we have the coaching that's going on and uh but i'm going to keep our focus on us and making sure that we're prepared every single day to do the best we can and uh learn from our past and grow with grow with every every moment that we have
4: I mean, can't the NFL just yeah, flex a Lee. little bit and, and put that game week one? All right, nobody gives hey, a riff a- about Broncos, Raiders. A-Q, Come on. AQ,
5: jo- yeah. A-Q and Jonas, um, did did the Jets play in the Super Bowl last year?
4: <laughs> he's, he's defending his guy. I'm with Robert Sala. The guy's got uh, seven I, okay, kids. I, got enough going I, on. I
5: was a tad bit confused by the way he – like his tone was like uh, if you're not – Pop or you're no, no haters, you're not popping. Yeah, he stole that from me. What uh did well, the Jets even play in the playoffs last year? But but let's add
0: some context to this because <laughs> this is what happens. This is the slippery slope, all right, that happens in journalism and, and 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 sports radio. Okay. Sean Payton made reference in the interview to the fact that when a when a team is in in the press a lot, winning the offseason a lot, right? And the thing about the Jets that's interesting is, like, I don't think they've necessarily done anything. Um, they, they, like, they got chosen by hard knocks, right? It wasn't like they chose to be on Hard Knocks. Yeah. In fact, like, there was an article about how, hey, Hard Knocks to be a little different this year, right? I mean, they, literally, Robert Sulla had to wear a T-shirt that says, I heart Hard Knocks because there was this perception that the Jets were going like, to kind of dumb down or, or take away from what was Hard Knocks because they wouldn't allow them as much access to players being cut and some of the other things that have made for good TV in the past. But they didn't choose Hard Knocks. Hard Rocks chose them. And so like that's one of those things where I think they've been more in the public eye for that. They've obviously been more in the public eye because of getting Aaron Rodgers. That's arguably the one of the biggest offseason pieces that we've had. Maybe the biggest, yeah. depending on who you talk to. And, and, and that was more born out of like they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So a lot of attention comes along with a figure who's a future Hall of Famer, a figure who could be considered polarizing to some people. And so it, it, it's a little odd, like, and, and now Dalvin Cook's there in New York visiting. He could sign with the team, and he's a, he's a really good player. You know, he's, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. So, you know, they're, they're, a lot of things are happening for the Jets. I, I think they're all good things. I don't know that they're purposefully bringing this all on, like they're trying to win the offseason. I think it's just a byproduct of, like, the things that are kind of happening and what's around them, so there's naturally going to be a lot of attention to it. So that was one of the things that Sean Payton kind of talked about where I was like, well, I, I don't know that they're trying to win the offseason. They're just trying to win Super Bowl. And so they, they upgraded a quarterback. They've tried to load up their, their roster, which is when any talented players as possible. Because how is, how is it any different from Russell Wilson joining the Broncos? It's really not. There's a lot of tension around it. Now, the Broncos and, and maybe Russell Wilson himself personally fed into that. Yeah. But, like, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is necessarily feeding into the stuff. Like, he, yeah, he's gone to some different events, right, a Taylor Swift concert or whatever else. And you're in New York, so you're going to be publicized. But I don't know that the Jets are, like, outwardly trying to, you know, be distracted by their own, you know, media and everything else that's going on with it. Um, but the last thing I'll say, and I'll ask you guys this, is Is Nathaniel Hackett an OC in New York, or anywhere else for that matter this year, if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. No. And that's, that's, I I think, that's where I think the tough thing is for, for them to answer is them hiring Nathaniel Hackett. And look, he's qualified to be an OC. He's, he's, you know, he's qualified to be a coach in the NFL. But off of what happened last year, and now he's with the Jets, it had to me everything to do with wooing Aaron Rodgers to come to New York. And that being, I mean, he was there, a, a part of the, the, the crew that went out to recruit Aaron Rodgers to want to go to the Jets. He was on that flight. Usually it's a head coach, owner, front office executive, general manager, for example. Not, not the OC, but he was a part of that group because of his personal relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I do think that's the pink elephant in the room that you have to acknowledge is Nathaniel Hackett's probably not there as the OC if Aaron Rodgers isn't there as the quarterback.
4: And by the way, it wasn't like... You know, Sean Payton took out just Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he took out uh, George Payton. Uh, he took out the president. They're still there, uh, from my understanding. They're still in Denver. So he made sure to criticize them that they also had dirt on their hands with the way that everything happened last year. He just,
3: i mean, I mean maybe
4: he was having a cocktail, you know? I, and
0: I, 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 don't, I don't want to say it, but I feel like um, there was some collateral damage there. You know, like, <laughs> it's still in the building. I I do that sometimes. I feel bad doing it sometimes. But, like, Jonas probably knows this. He's probably like, yeah. That's that's happened before,
5: you know?
4: I mean, look, uh, you, got, you got to let people know. And now we get a – now, how do you think that if this – if there's no back and forth or no, hey, you know, I got out of line there, like how do you think that pre- or post-game handshake is going to go in Denver in October for week five?
0: It's going to be a strong know? one, dude. I mean, first off, Saul has been hitting yeah. the weights. Yes. You can tell he's all yoked up. Uh, Peyton's he's got been a hitting bully something mentality. else. <laughs> he's, if Whoa. you check the rounds, Whoa. he's been hitting something else there on social media. So <laughs> 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 he, I'm just telling you right now. That's gonna be one strong handshake where they like grab and embrace each other. And Salah's gonna whisper something in his ear, and depending on how the outcome of the game goes.
5: Uh, it's so good. Sean Payton ain't no sucker, though. I tell you that he will No, play. he's got. He might be a great better trash talker than great him. Lung capacity.
4: Yeah, he does.
5: Yes, no. he does.
4: I mean, yeah. and right. and he's in the right place for it.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.